you're showing me Some days it'll lift you up Some days it'll call you bluff Man, most of my days I ain't got enough And all I know Good evening everybody, welcome. Great to see you tonight. Thank you for coming out. We have a great night planned. It is wonderful to have Garth, Pastor Garth Chinpoi with us all the way from Christchurch City. Awesome, wonderful. We're going to hear his story tonight. It's also great to have Josh Van Blurk all the way from Christchurch City. And um, it's great to have you with us. Van Blurk, I didn't say your right name. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Josh Van, try Josh Van Burkle would be more correct. Yes, it would be. So it's great to be together tonight. We're going to have a good time if you're visiting with us. If it's your first or second time here, a very warm welcome. I trust you can relax, enjoy yourself, and um, allow God to speak to you. 
Well, has anyone had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in this last week? Bruce and Joe. Is it 25 did I see somewhere? 25 years. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Right here. Brilliant. Happy anniversary. That's great. Any other birthdays? Is that like birth? No, no, no. Any other birthdays, wedding anniversaries? That's it. It's a quiet night, isn't it? Wow, fantastic. How about we turn our eyes to the screen and watch the news quickly? Hey church family, it's great that you can join us today. Yeah, and a great big welcome if you're watching online or from Tuaco campus, from North campus, or from Ruakuta campus, wherever you're watching from, it is great to have you with us. Yeah, and tonight we have Pastor Garth Chinpoi speaking at the 6pm gathering, so make sure you come along and hear his story. Also, next week at the 6pm gathering, we are going to be playing the Amazon series by Fantail Studios. It's going to be a lot of fun, so come along, and the producer and the star of all three episodes is Jared Van Berkel, and he's going to be joining us. On the 15th of February at 7pm, held at Ruakita campus, we have Activate Education. So make sure, if you want to know more information, to contact Michael Brown. We have Activate Conference coming up very soon. It's coming up from the 11th to the 13th of March and it's going to be great. We have Pastor Paul De Jong joining us and Pastor Jacinda Goodsir. Make sure you sign up if you haven't already. If you want or need prayer, don't be shy and make sure you come down to the front after the gatherings and we have a prayer team available that would love to partner with you in prayer. Thank you so much, Church, for being purposed in your giving, and it's a huge part of our discipleship journey. It's a very important part, and we've made it as easy as possible, and there's many different ways where you can do this. The first one is we have giving stations located at our campuses in the foyers, and then you can also go to PushPay, or you can go to our website and find the bank details. Well, that's all the notices for today. Yeah, I pray that you experience God's love today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Awesome. Josh is feeling a bit ripped off that he never got a mention in the Amazon series. He's the extra. <laughs> He's the co-star. He's the co-star with Jared. So um, we've got that series next week. It's going to be fantastic. Can I invite you to stand to your feet for a moment? How about we turn our attention toward Jesus? That's why we're here. We're going to celebrate Him. We're going to worship Him. Come together in His name. I'm believing by faith that every person in this place is going to encounter the presence of God tonight. So Father, we turn our attention to You. Holy Spirit, You're most welcome in this place. And I thank You that You're here. And I thank You that You want to speak with each one, that You want to encounter each person's life in this place tonight and Father right from the outset I ask that you would help us be open to what you want to say and what you want to do excuses that are rolling in people's heads even now of what they shouldn't push into your presence I command they drop to the ground in Jesus name and that there's a freedom and it's like a magnet pulling us into your presence tonight. 
So we give you thanks and we honour you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Tim. Awesome. Let's praise God together. We've got a newer song for you guys tonight. Sing your love. Your love in me has set me on fire. This joy I feel brings me to life. Songs of praise full of my lips. These songs repay. 
when I was praying in tonight, into tonight this week, um, got a pretty clear picture from God. Um, I was just um, having a conversation with Him. So I thought, oh, let's do that then. Um, so for the next five minutes, um, I encourage you to either like find a space or even a group if you feel more comfortable in a group. And let's just have a, have a conversation with God, have a prayer of God. Um, if you've been having a conversation with God this week, let's, let's pick up on that. And um, we're going to do that individually for a minute um, in this worship time. And then we're going to come back to singing some songs to Him, doing some praise and worship. So let's do it for five minutes and then we'll come back. Choose to love you. 
God we worship. What a mighty God we serve. And every knee will bow before Him. Just say in my ear, Jen. Yeah, come in. Had me worried there for a minute. Country and worship in the same sentence. Crikey, I didn't know what to do. It's all right. I, I just keep getting the words over and over that everything is found in me, says the Lord. Everything is found in me. Don't look to the left, don't look to the right, but everything is found in me. Run to me. Close your eyes, lift your hands for a moment. Just focus in on Jesus. He's why we're here. Respond to that word that Jan's just brought in your own way before God. Lord, our attention's on you. Our confession is truth. Everything is found in you. Everything. You know, if we believe that, there's probably some decisions some of us need to make right now as we confess that. Everything's found in you, Jesus. Not in that young man that's sitting across the row from me or that young woman sitting across the row from me. It's found in you, Jesus. It's not in my career. It's found in you, Jesus. It's not in my education. It's found in you, Jesus. It's not in my hobbies or my sport. 
everything is found in you, Jesus. Everything. Everything. Everything means everything. Father, help each one of us lock onto that truth tonight. In Jesus' name. That you're our all in all, our everything. I think that's what the Holy Spirit wants to say tonight. That you can look to the left, you can look to the right, but you're only going to find what you're looking for when you look to God. That's what he's saying. I think if we were to put a theme on tonight, it would be it's found in me, as in God. It's found in me. And I think it's a critical message that we need to hear at the moment. Because I think particularly after the disrupted year last year, even the news we heard this afternoon, people are looking here and there to find satisfaction, to find identity. But friend, your identity is found in Jesus. It's the only place your identity is found. The only healthy place. You find your identity in Him leads to life. Yeah? Hey, it is so, so good to have Pastor Garth with us tonight. He is from Christchurch where he lives with his family. He leads City Church, which is actually the church where Jan and I used to be in Luke and Jay, which is pretty cool. And, um, and Pastor Trevor and Margaret, where they used to be. And uh, it is so good to have you here tonight. And so why don't you come and tell us your story. We are looking forward to hearing from you. Please give Garth a massive big hand. so great to be here tonight and so great to be here with heroes of the faith, right? Like to come. We've been ministering at City Church, my wife Carol and I, for, we've been there for six years. We've been leading the church for maybe three and a half, four years now. But to come and, and there's still people there to this day, which is actually a really good sign, by the way, Sheridan, <laughs> that know Sheridan and Jan and Trevor and Margaret really, really well and speak so highly of the legacy and the input and the faith that's been imparted into that place. And to come, and I, I, I didn't even let myself think too far forward tonight, so it's like, yeah, I'm going to go and spend some time with Sheridan and Jan, and that's going to be awesome. I didn't, I didn't remember that I was going to see Trevor and Margaret here. And the legacy of faith that's in the room, right, to, 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 to recognize the fact that we stand on the shoulders of those that have gone before us is it, such a powerful thing. And I love what you're saying tonight, Jen, this, this, this whole deal. It, it's only found in God, right? To, to go on a journey of discovery. In fact, the, the, I, I was trying to get a photo of one of the lyrics of the song that I've never sung before. Uh, Luke, did you put that together? Where, no, where is he, did, he, did you write that? And it was like, from my head to my heart. Right? No? Who's, who's is that? Ah. Yeah, well... Maybe it's because it's country that I like it so much. I, I, yeah, come on. I spent 37 years in Southland. Uh, so that's a great place to be. But, but Christchurch 
It is epic as well. So anyway, it, it's great to be here tonight. And we bring blessings from uh, City Church and Christchurch for all the people that, that know you. They just pass on their love, and, and that's really, really cool. So, you know, it's such a privilege to be able to get to share, I, I guess, part of my story, my journey of faith in any environment that I find myself doing it. And um, I, I remember giving uh, mum and dad, when, when I first started at church, we were still recording things by cassette tapes. And uh, I remember taking the cassette tape of the first time I'd shared my testimony to take it out and make them listen to it. But I could tell they weren't going to listen to it, so I had to put it into the player in their lounge and hit play. I said, no, no, it was really awkward. Uh, <laughs> so this is, this is much better than that. This is really cool. Um, but we, I, I mean, I grew up in an amazing home. Mum and dad are the, the, the most generous, the kindest, the most loving people that I know. I, I, I've had the blessing of just having a great mum and dad. And you know, we grew up. It was really, really cool. We kind of grew up with the idea that if God was real and we were good enough, then we'd probably go to heaven if it existed, right? Like, that's a lot of people's experience. And, you know, the, apart from having that kind of generalized idea about faith or Christianity or, or Catholicism or whatever it was, right? Like, it was all the same to me. I, I remember driving home with mum one day from getting the groceries and we're getting quite close to home. We see one of the other neighborhood kids who was a few years older than me. And she goes, oh, there's, what's his name? She said his name. I won't say his name. Uh, he's a born-again Christian. And I, I remember distinctly asking, I'm like, oh, well, I'm thinking, well, I know what a Christian is, kind of. But, mom, what's a born-again Christian? And she turned around to me in the backseat of the car and said, hey, don't worry about it, son. That just means he's crazy, right? <laughs> I'm like, great, great. Okay, tick, tick the box, born again Christian equals crazy. Fast forward a number of years, I'm now out of school, I'm working in the meatworks, and, we, and I've just always done the same things that, that all my mates have done. I was, uh, I was open to experiencing anything, I, I guess you could say. And uh, I guess working in that environment, I started doing all the things that everybody else around me was doing. I found that I was you know, drinking on the weekends, getting into different types of narcotics and, and just thought that that was a, a cool, fun way to experience life, right? And then I, I had a friend who said, hey, how about we go to Australia together? I've got free accommodation for four weeks and we can just go and have a great time and it'll be awesome. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's head over there. That sounds like a good thing. I've never been before. It'll be awesome. The one thing that he neglected to tell me about the free accommodation that we had was that it was with his sister and her husband, who were born-again Christians. And <laughs> we turned up into their home, and within the first five minutes, it was apparent that these guys were obviously very different to anyone else I had ever met. Um, they wanted to pray for us uh, after we put our bags in, in our rooms. I was like, what? <laughs> like, they... I, to this day, I don't think I've met anybody more enthusiastic than them about Jesus. Um, and and I, it was a really odd experience because we would go out and do all the things that, that young teenage or teenagers or young adults would do, what that I thought they would do, and we'd come home. And they were so gracious to look after us, to be kind to us, that when we got up late in the morning, they'd cook us breakfast and, and, and just try and tell us about Jesus and recommend preaching videos for us to watch through the course of the day as we're recovering. I'm like, man, 
this is odd. But after four weeks of staying with them, you started to realize that it wasn't just the things that they said. It was how they lived their life that was different. They invited us every Sunday to go to church. We continuously said no for the whole time that we were, nearly the whole time that we were there. One Thursday night, they said, look, our church is putting on a production. And it's not on a Sunday, so it's not really church. You should come and check it out. And, and I kind of felt like, you know what, it would be really rude to say no, because they've invited us like 15 times in three days. So we, we've definitely got to turn up. And I don't know if anyone here has seen this production, but it, apparently it was doing the rounds a number of years ago. It was called uh, Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. <laughs> like, have you had that here? Like, yeah, classic, right? I'd never seen anything like that in my whole life. Right? Like, like I still had this belief, born-again Christians are crazy, and I was kind of ticking that box with these guys, right? Like, it was, it, was, it was fitting, the mold. If I was good enough, I'd probably go to heaven, if it existed at all. And we turned up to this night where they did this play, and the, the whole play is a depiction of a number of different people's lives. And, you know, there was drug dealers and, and uh, single moms and, like, all different walks of life. But everybody died, Right? The whole gist of the play is that they all die. All the main characters. I'm sitting in the seat. It's like, boo! Right? Like, <laughs> but dependent on how they had lived their life and whether or not they'd made a connection with Jesus was deciding whether they were going to end up for eternity. I'm like, man, I, this is like above my pay grade. Right? And I, but, but I'd never seen anything like that depicted before. No one had ever sat down with me and had a conversation saying, hey, have you, have you thought about eternity? Have you thought about what happens at the end of your life? What if God is real? I'm like, no, no I haven't. But at the end of this play, like this, a guy gets up and he does this altar call where he invites people to the front. And most people who have been in church would know this kind of deal, right? Like, hey, if you want to know Jesus, come on down the floor. Put your hand up because no one else is looking. Right? He says, no one else is looking. So I put my hand up. We've all got our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I'm sitting there like, he's going, keep it up until I see you. Come on, I'll put it down. But I won't embarrass you, right? Then once everyone's put their hands down and he gets us all to open their eyes, he says, everyone who's put their hand up, come, come on down the front, right? I'm like, no, no, that's too exposing. I'm definitely not doing that. So I continue to sit there. The following Sunday, my curiosity was, was piqued just enough to say yes to going to church. I mean, I've, I heard and I saw something depicted in that production that I'd never thought about before. And I was like, I'm just curious, right? Like, if this God that you so passionately talk to me about is possibly real, I think I'd actually like to know. I turned up to their church, and it was a church of about 20 people. <laughs> Again, the, 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 the other 18 people in the room were the rest of the most enthusiastic people I've ever met in my life. They had one guitar going. I don't even know if they had a microphone. Everybody was stomping their feet and clapping their hands furiously it, whilst they're singing these songs. I'm like, man, this is such a weird experience. Someone gets up and, and, and ministers, preaches a message. At the end of it, they did this other thing where they said, hey, if anyone wants to know Jesus, right? And, and at, at this stage... I realized that bowing my head and closing my eyes was pointless because everyone knew that I was the only person in the room that didn't know this, 
this crazy guy called Jesus. And so I did. I put my hand up and I went forward. The church kind of, I, I, they led me in this prayer. And I prayed it with every ounce of conviction that I had to say, you know what, God, if you are real, and I don't even know the words that they led me in, but, I, but in my heart I'm saying, God, if you're real, I've really got to know. And then the whole church gathered around me, and this, I know that this has happened here, right? Because we do it in our church all the time. I get people up to pray for them, and we get it, people up, and we lay hands on them and pray for them. I don't really stop these days very often to think how weird that might be for someone who's never been in church before. Because my experience of, of, of that for the first time was, oh my God, oh my God, <laughs> help, help. <laughs> I can't get out of the room. And they, they, prayed, they prayed for me in tongues as well, which I'd never heard before. I'm like, wow, what are they doing? And so it was so intense that I began to kind of crouch down. Like to, I was like literally thinking, if I got on my hands and knees, would I make it to the door? But my crouching down, for some reason, made them pray louder. <laughs> anyway, I, I went home from that experience and thought, man, <laughs> embarrassing. I was lying in bed at night. I remember just lying in the room, waiting to go to sleep and, 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 and thinking through the experience of the day, going, well, pff, I really put myself out there. And I didn't know what else to do because it didn't really feel like anything had changed. And so I remember saying something along these lines. God, I've embarrassed myself in front of all of these people today. And I see that you're real, but nothing's changed. Right? If you don't do something to solidify my faith, we're going to forget that this moment ever happened. And, and, and I will never revisit it again. I didn't realize that I was giving God an ultimatum in the moment. I didn't know if that would be a good thing or a bad thing to do. I was just, it felt right. And so I went to sleep. And about th three o'clock in the morning, I'd woken up and I was saying with my hands stretched out in the ear in front of me, this one word over and over again, kind of uncontrollably leaping out of my mouth. And it was Eli, Eli. Eli, I couldn't believe when I was saying it that somebody else wasn't coming into the room because I was saying it so loudly. Eli. And I knew, right, I knew I was calling out to something, but I had no idea of what it is that I was saying. Eventually, it kind of subsided, and I felt like this glowing sensation in the pit. This is one of the oddest nights of my life, right? This glowing sensation in the pit of my stomach. I'm thinking, man, that is really intense. I don't know what's happening. Maybe it was just a bad dream. But the more I tried to convince myself that this thing wasn't happening, the more intense the sensation became. I remember even saying to myself, well, I haven't had anything hallucinogenic the whole time that I've been here. It can't, it can't be that. But it got to the point where it felt like this, this sensation had lodged itself in my throat. And I'm like, man, I'm, 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 I'm just about choking on this thing, whatever it is. So I'm going to open up my mouth and call out to my friend Miles in the next room to come and help me because I was, I, I, was, I was frightened, right? Like, Miles, come and help me. But instead of normal 
understandable English words coming out of my mouth, I started furiously speaking in tongues. The, the same language, the same expression that I'd heard in the church that morning, with 20 people surrounding me, right? Like, oh my God. But it just poured out. And I, to the point where I couldn't stop it. And again, there was this, this, this I, I, I guess you could describe it as a sensation or a feeling, a presence in the room that I'd never felt before. And whilst I'm clamping my hands over my face to try and get this uncontrollable tongue under control, I remember saying in my mind, God, I, I know it's you. But could you please make it stop? <laughs> But I'd never felt so whole in any moment of my life and so frightened all in one moment. I got up in the morning and I was just thinking, oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> right? No, and not in a good way. It was like, oh my God, I am crazy. Like no one, this happens to nobody. I don't know about this. So the, the test for me was to ask the lady we were staying with, uh, who was already sitting at, a, at the breakfast counter in their home reading the Bible. I said, hey, Louisa, would you happen to know what the word Eli means? To my surprise, she said, yeah, actually, I'm just reading that here in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 46, whatever it is. And it's, this, this, it's, it's, it's what Jesus is saying on the cross, right? Like, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. She goes, so I said, well, what does it mean? She goes, well, Eli means my God, my God, or my father, my father. She says, why did you ask me that? So I just kind of woke up saying it uncontrollably last night. Like, that's pretty normal, right? <laughs> and so I knew that God was real. It was undeniable. I left a few days later back to New Zealand and connected with all of my friends, and we just did the same stuff that we always did. But I couldn't shake this belief, this, this idea that, that God was actually real. I probably spent five years trying to run in the other direction, right? Like saying, no. I, in hindsight, I look back and I see so many moments where God intersected my life just by grace. I I remember my mum saying to me on my wedding day, after the wedding ceremony, I never knew this, right? She, she said, we used to be so frightened. That you would die. We took out life insurance on you. <laughs> Great, you're going to get something out of it, right? But she also said in the same breath, and, I would, and my mom at that time was an unbelieving believer, right? But she would say, I would get up at four o'clock in the morning, find you not home. And I would walk up and down the hall, praying to a God that I didn't even realize or believe that existed. A God is so gracious in answering the heartfelt prayers of people around. I, don't, I, I would believe this, that not one person in the room is here without somebody praying for you. 
Not because we get prayed into heaven, but because God lays things on our hearts and gets us to speak things out in the secret place that sometimes we have no idea of the power of that. You know, I, I, I found myself after this kind of five-year hiatus of trying to run away from God in such a broken state in life. I had a... a, a Josh, Jared's uh, uh, Amazonian sidekick. <laughs> was remind me. Yeah, he's great in the Amazon series, by the way. I love that. Um. <laughs> but Josh was reminding me of this on the way here, actually. I was, had the privilege of sharing my testimony at his church. And I had a friend that I'd known since primary school turn up to my house one night. He didn't realize the desperate state that I was in in life. When I opened the door, I saw him and I thought, you know what, I, I was so happy to see someone because I was so lonely that I actually wanted to embrace him. But we just, we didn't do that. That wasn't cool. I, don't touch me like that. That's, ugh. So I restrained myself to try to shake his hand. And as I held out my hand to, to, to shake his, he slapped it away immediately and said, dude, what are you doing? Where's the drugs? So I got him to come inside and we did our thing and away he went. But I remember thinking, I just, is that it? Is this, is this what life has become? That even the people who I would say were the nearest and dearest to me, I, I couldn't even go out to visit my mum and dad because I told them so many lies. That I couldn't stand in the same room with them unless I was on some substance. I don't say this to glorify any of that. I, I'm just highlighting the reality of a lost humanity. And here I am at my grandfather's 80th birthday party, the first time I've been in the family environment in probably six months because I was so ashamed to be there. They said, Garth, can you video camera this This great moment, I said, sure, as I took a tab of acid and <laughs> ended up with shots of the inside of the toilet. And it's not, it wasn't funny now, but <laughs> I ended up at home after work one day, and just the loneliness of life is has gotten to me. I'm watching Home and Away on the telly. I'm living by myself. I've got to cook my own dinner, which is kind of like microwave a pie kind of deal. I'm like, oh, life's so bad. But it was. And I remember getting so angry at the world I, because it wasn't right that things were the way that they were. And in the midst of my rage, I'm throwing things around the room. I'm I'm crying, telling myself, you're such a baby. <laughs> you loser. I think, you know what? The, the best and clearest and most intelligent solution for all of this is to end your life. Like, yeah, this, it felt like in the moment the best decision I'd ever made. But I remember as soon as the picture of how that would transpire was solidified in my mind. 
there was this presence that came flooding back into the room. And instantly I recognized something that I hadn't tasted or seen for five years. As God flooded into that moment, and he said in the midst of my still rage and anger and loneliness, what about me? Don't you believe in me? And he is this one time in church, lost kid. I remember falling down on my knees in the kitchen and holding out my hands and simply saying, you know what? God, would you take my life? Because I never wanted it to be like this. Would you take it and do something good with it? And there was this moment of exchange that took place. I remember getting up the following morning. And the first thing I would normally do would be to open the bedside cabinet and see what was in there to get me through the day. I remember the strangest feeling of it having no hold over me anymore, no desire, right? These things that I tried to give up a hundred or 150 times, and it would last maybe three days. You'd get by if you were feeling good. Three minutes if you weren't. I remember pulling it out and and, and driving down the road and flinging it off the same bridge that only the night before I was flinging myself off. I remember the immense amount of freedom that came flooding into my world. I remember turning up to church for the first time and it sounding like every single song was written just for me. It was that they were the long lost lyrics of my soul, right? Searching for language to connect with a God who only loves us. I wonder tonight. I really didn't know where to go with all this this evening. But I just love that prophetic word that Jan had, that it's only in God. What I'd searched for fulfillment in life and what felt like every place that I knew to look. But it wasn't until I looked full into the wonderful face of Jesus, seemingly by accident, that I was completely overwhelmed by the goodness and grace of a God who only wants the absolute best for us. And this journey of discovery, right, it's not like just this this one-time encounter. I love that. I love hearing the stories of people's encounter and and, and, the testimonies of how they've interacted with God. But it's never just a one-time thing this journey of discovery that we're invited to experience, this ongoing relationship, right, where we continuously find out more and more and more about him. He's not just some stale-looking, white-bearded dude sitting on a throne in heaven with his big stick waiting to judge the nations. He is love. He's kindness. He's wisdom. He's courage, he's faith, he's boldness. He's everything that we need in life. 
It's in him that we live and we move and we have our being. And every single person is invited to experience that grace. Can we get your musos to come on back up? I think they already are. Great. (laughs) The one thing that I have discovered that continuously captivates me in our relationship with God, the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, however you want to put whatever member of the Trinity you're chasing after, is that there is always more. I remember reading through Psalm 139 one afternoon when I was, I don't know, for whatever reason, I felt upset with God. It's like, man, why won't you just leave me alone? What do you want from me? I'm reading through the psalm like, man, you know when I sit and when I rise, you know my thoughts from afar. That whole deal, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days written for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. I even if I sailed away to the far side of the sea, even there you'd find me. Tried to hide myself in darkness, even dark would be light to you. I remember kind of yelling at him, right? Like, what do you want from me? I was so surprised by his response. It's not that I want anything from you. It's that I want everything for you. I was wondering if tonight we would do a salvation call. Maybe you need that and we'll do that. But If you're here tonight, maybe we could do that whole deal where we bow our heads and close our eyes. And your desire is simply deeper. God, I want to explore further than I've ever been before. Lord, my heart is open to surrendering itself fully to everything that you have for me because I understand that no eye is seen, no ear is heard, nor is entered into the heart of the mind of man the good things that you have in store for those that love you. Father, by your Spirit, you revealed them to me. And I believe that right now He's pouring out things into our spirits. He's awakening our hearts to dreams, ideas, ambitions, to the grace that we carry, to the boldness that we have, to the courage and the tenacity that He's put inside of us as His sons and His daughters, as His ambassadors, as representatives in the earth to run with abandon the race that He set before us, not comparing ourselves to anybody else running in any other lane. But with freedom and a grace and a liberty that says, you know what, God, I'm, I'm just fully letting go so I can fully let You. 
And if that's you here tonight, I'd love to pray with you. This altar area is open. And I'm going to hand it back to Sheridan and the team. But that's it, right? If there is a hunger to say, you know what, God, I know that there's something more that you have in store for me relationally. Come on, I'm sick of Simon Says Christianity. I'm sick of having it feel like I'm just doing what somebody else, somebody else says I should do. I want, to, I want to explore the real you. I'm willing to take a step of faith and even though it may feel embarrassing in the, at the time, God, I'll abandon myself that I might gain more of you. Here we go. Come on, if you know God's speaking to you, why don't you come down the front here now? What a wonderful opportunity to encounter God.
something that about the church that Jesus is going to come back for. The church that's pure, without spot, without wrinkle. The church that's not a building, it's people that are sold out for Jesus, that are sold out for living as disciples, living life His way, according to His principles, living for His purposes. And it all starts at places like this. We can get in front of God without agenda and simply say, I choose you. I choose you. I choose to more than believe in you. I choose to be a disciple of Christ. I encourage you wherever you're at tonight to simply connect with Jesus saying, I choose you, Lord. I choose you. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would rest on every person in this place tonight. There'd be a tangible sense of our connection with you tonight. In Jesus' name. That you draw our attention, our eyes, heavenward. That you would be our priority. We know you've already chosen us, that we would choose you. never chosen Jesus or perhaps you have but for whatever reason you've just walked away and tonight you're thinking man I need to choose Jesus I need to get in relationship with him I need to get my life on course with him in just a moment I'm going to ask you to give me a wave and I am not going to embarrass you by bringing you down the front but I'd like you to give me a wave so I can pray for you and we want to do anything we can to help you on your journey with him it's the most important decision you ever make. The best life you'll ever live is a life lived with Jesus. It's also the most exciting life you'll ever live. And as we heard, everything's found in Him. If you know you need to say yes to Jesus tonight, first time, or perhaps you have before, but the wheels have fallen off, you know you need to again. If you know you need to say yes to Jesus tonight, just a moment I want you to be bold I want you to hold your hand up and say that's me he sees don't worry about me he sees it's awesome man that's great if you know you need to say yes do you want to lift your hand now just so I can pray with you make sure you catch my eye person in this room tonight I ask that as we go we will go with intention we will go with purpose we will go wanting and looking to encounter you this week that we would share the truth of Jesus wherever we find ourselves wherever, whenever, that we would be like Jesus that we would know what it is to live in close relationship with you so again, I declare your blessing on each one and give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Garth. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing your story. Appreciate it. Amazing story. Amazing. Thank you so much. It's really, 
Fantastic. Fantastic. Hey, well, thanks for coming out tonight. We've got uh, Snack and Chat very shortly out there. And um, so make sure you hang around if you'd like to, have something to eat, meet a few people. Be really good. Thank you for being purposed in your giving. It does allow us to do everything that God's called us to do as a church. And um, so thank you for being faithful and being purposed in your giving. There are giving stations in the foyers. And um, it'd be great if you could do that. But have a fantastic week. Maybe we should go with a song, eh? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Thanks for coming out. Have an awesome week.
Just saying, come to the conference, you might see this song there. And also, it might be released to conference. Just, just saying, come to the conference. One more song, coming next week. See you guys, <laughs> enjoy a second chat.